Support for Radioactive's Punk Rock Farmer comes from Go Biochar. The following program was pre-recorded. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists and community builders weeknights at 6. I'm Laura Jones, and it's Punk Rock Farmer Friday because Al Dine is here, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. Hey, Al, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's great to be here always. You know what I'm doing tonight? I'm planting my garden. Good for you. <laughs> you think it's early? <laughs> I'm. You have hoop houses. I don't. I, I do, but my hoop is is full, and uh, I plant twenty seven tomatoes, so I won't be covering them. Yeah, Mother's Day happened, but it, it, it did. snowed in June last it's year. It's supposed to get down into the forties next Again? week. Yes, I'm gonna have to cover, but I'm excited to get them in the ground. And, <laughs> and coming up, we're gonna find out what's going on with some of our local our 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 fellow punk rock farmers who do it for a living in town. Who's coming up? The Lincoln Street Farm gals are here today, and uh, they, they're they all over the place. They're growing. They have plant sale coming up. They have uh, do, they do candles, very crafty. They're at the farmer's market, so we'll be talking to them. Yeah, that's the Urban Farm Report coming up, and we should have some time to squeeze in some more tips for your garden folks. Uh, from our Slug Mag interviews, we've got uh, your buddy and mine, Joseph Lofthouse, coming up, who likes to say, you know, seeds know what they want to do. Just get them in the ground. <laughs> he just tosses them. He just tosses them. <laughs> he does. And then we also have some tips from Katie Wagner, horticultural faculty at USU Extension Salt Lake County on fighting weeds and wabbits. Because I've been hearing about moles or voles, voles. In, in the middle of the valley, especially mm-hmm. in West Valley, Magna Taylorsville, from some friends out there that are having to fight those. Plus uh, some special guests and rallies and resources. Fish for Garbage needs your help, folks. The FAM is rallying next week for LGBTQ plus students, educators, and allies. And of course, we've got Skywatcher Leo T. But let's start where we love to start with some homegrown music. Yeah, Marcus Conkar is with us today. And um, I was looking through the home site and I some things caught my eye. Here, Utah Music, it, it, Salt Lake City Public Library. Yes, the public Shout library. Out. Shout out to the library. And some things caught my eye. And this this quote that this book, from this book that I read more than one time. Man. If you have if you have a scripture, this is it. <laughs> I love Edward Abbey. I saw Ed Abbey uh, speak in 85 at the um, at East High in the auditorium. He showed the last slides of Glen Canyon before they filled, filled it, it in. Yeah. And so I saw this quote and I was like, this is cool. And I started listening and I really. What's th- the quote? The, well, it's it's in the book and it's it's like it ends with this book is a eulogy, a bloody rock. Don't drop it on your foot. Throw it at something big and glassy. And so that's like Abby, you know, <laughs> he's uh, the eco terrorist kind of guy in the monkey wrench gang and all that stuff. But where do you where do you do you find your love for that kind of stuff, Marcus? Marcus. Where'd you get it, Marcus Conkar? I, um, when I was writing that album, I just kind of wanted to absorb a lot of things Utah, and so I started reading that book for inspiration. And so that like the quote that I used for the song title kind of spoke to me in the sense of just uh, it really accurately captured a feeling that I wanted to present in the music, if that makes sense. Because I feel like Ed Abbey is so good at capturing the beauty of things while also just being so, like, aggressive and uh, just angry yeah, about it. Sarcastic, <laughs> angry, all those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. 
So this is your 2019 album, Utah, that we're going to pull a couple of songs from. And then later in the hour, we're going to get a taste of where you're headed musically with a sneak peek of something off your upcoming album, Pretty Things Seldom Do. So folks, stick around for that. But you can get Utah by Marcus Conkar at the uh, Hum site on SLCPL. This first song, though, so we're pulling from Desert Solitaire. Is that what we're doing for some inspiration oh, here? Oh. Or was that the book that was in? Yes, yeah. it is. Okay, okay. Yes, it is. All right. So explain this first song we're going to share here, Marcus. So when I when I recorded the song, I kind of just had a, a mandolin melody and I had this plan to go to school to just record a bunch of drums for it. And it was kind of improv, all the things I added on to it, except for the cello and the trumpet, which were friends of mine. But I really wanted to just kind of build this song that felt like uh, crawling through the desert and eventually seeing something beautiful at the end of it. Right. So uh, the the quote is like you crawl down on your hands and knees and until blood uh, marks your trail, maybe then you'll see something. Maybe, maybe not because it's all going away and too many people are coming to visit down there. This one is crawl on hands and knees over the sandstone and through the thorn bush and cactus by Marcus Conkar, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. will take care of that problem in her own sweet way sooner or later I'll tell you what I do wonder about what will it be like out here when I am gone and you're gone and our grandchildren are gone and even our great glittering industrial civilization has crumbled to dust when we're all forgotten what will be going on out here then Nothing lasts forever. Nobody lives forever. Everything comes and goes. We all begin and rise and fade away. What then? 
May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and all month long, KRCL brings you Mental Health Mondays with tips and resources from local experts. Join us for the month as we help raise awareness about mental health. Find a list of resources at krcl.org. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. Still to come, Al's Urban Farm Report. But right now, Al, it's time for some rallies and resources. We have several things coming up in the community that I wanted folks to know about. So stick around. We're going to hear from Fish for Garbage. We're also going to get a sneak peek at Living Traditions, which is tomorrow at Washington Square. But something I wanted on folks' radar for Tuesday next week is a unique rally happening up at the Utah Capitol Building with organizers of FAM, Friends, Allies, and Mentors of the LGBTQ plus community. And joining us to talk about it is co-organizer and founder, Cody Colvin. Hi, Cody. How are you? Good, Laura. Thanks for having me today. Tell me about FAM and its origins. And is there anything in particular that kind of spiked this uh, or started FAM? Yeah. So in 2016, myself, along with another educator, we're thinking about ways as we come back into the new school year, how we could be more supportive of our LGBTQ stakeholders and also as uh, educators who identify as um, queer, we wanted to also think about improving spaces for the practitioners in the school as well. And so having been in education for about the last 10 years and not having a lot of access to training around LGBTQ inclusion in schools, we wanted to create an organization which developed into a FAM around building capacity within the schools so that we could better support all stakeholders that identify as LGBTQ. You know, we've had news stories in the last year about, I would say, a relatively uh, young newcomer on the school board that is fearful of indoctrination of students. And I thought, wait a minute, didn't we fight this battle already? And I'm curious if FAM on Tuesday is going to be addressing that at the rally. Yeah, and I think in some roundabout ways, we definitely want to tackle the the over-politicizing of LGBTQ bodies in schools. Uh, LGBTQ identities exist. Public schools are created for all individuals to get free access to education, free of bullying and harassment. And what the research also backs up is that when we send the message by not including or remaining neutral, so to say, about LGBTQ identities in school, then that sends a powerful message to our LGBTQ students and families that they don't really deserve to occupy that space. So although we don't want this rally to necessarily center on any individual person, we definitely want to send a strong and powerful message to all of our queer students and families that they deserve to be in that space, they deserve to be represented in that space, and they definitely deserve to thrive in our schools. So Tuesday, May 18th, 5.30 in the evening. And where are you going to be at the Capitol? Yeah, so on the South Steps will be set up. We have an amazing lineup of students who will be speaking, doing poetry, singing. Uh, Myself and another individual on our family leadership board, Bianca, will be emceeing the event to keep the energy high. Um, And we just want to make sure that whether you have students in the K-12 setting or not, if you believe that LGBTQ identities deserve to exist in K-12 spaces, we hope that at 5.30 you can show up on the south side of the Capitol and just send the message to our LGBTQ students and families that we do support them and we do want to center them in our schools as well. 
friends, allies, and mentors, FAM. Where can people get more details, Cody? Yeah, so we have a website, utahfam.org, as well as a Facebook page called Friends, Allies, and Mentors. On And we update quite often. We also have um, an Instagram handle at uh, utahfam. And we are pushing out lots of information specific about the rally right now. And I also want to do a quick little plug. If you look on our webpage and Facebook, uh, Project Rainbow gave uh, FAM $2,500 grant scholarship opportunity to get LGBTQ books into teachers' classrooms. So practitioners right now, if you complete it and you show up to the rally, we're hoping to pass about 50 book bundles of LGBTQ affirming literature. Excellent. We'll put links in our show notes. Have a great rally and be safe and well. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Laura. Another nonprofit in our community up to some good trouble is Fish for Garbage, actually. And we have husband and wife Lexi and Shane Kaili joining us to talk about the success of their Earth Day cleanup on the Provo River, but also how you can get involved this summer, folks. So Shane and Lexi, thanks for giving us some time. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. So Lexi, tell us what happened over Earth Day and how much uh, waste you removed from the Provo River. Yeah, so on April 24th, we uh, hosted a gathering that was a little bit different than we usually do. So normally we just have a a big gathering where everyone kind of shows up, gets materials, goes out, comes back, hangs out. We host a barbecue and it's just a big celebration. However, this year with with COVID, we wanted to be a little more mindful of, you know, deterring people from gathering. And so we hosted a virtual, uh, sorry, a drive-through opportunity. So folks were able to drive through, get their materials and go out and because of that, we were able to um, accommodate, I think, a lot more people. We also had just so many more people excited and interested about the event, and we ended up having over 400 volunteers. The largest event we had ever had was 250, and so we had a ton of interest, and we were so excited um, to see that energy and that excitement to, to help support our mission. We ended up pulling over 12,000 pounds of trash out of the lower Provo River. In wow. Provo Canyon, wow. Significant amount. Um, uh, we've been cleaning up that river for for six years now, and and you know our mission is to not have to go back to that river and to mm. inspire um, you know action and individual action um, when we aren't hosting the events. Uh, but having taken a year off and more people getting excited about getting into the outdoors, uh, we we did find um, a lot of garbage. Unfortunately, did you find a lot of masks by chance? Oh yeah, I did. So folks, don't be leaving those masks around outside. But you had so many more volunteers, it sounds like it was really successful. Yeah. Our goal is, you know, just to inspire people when you go out in the outdoors. It's pretty easy to throw a garbage bag or if you have a fishing net, fill it up before you end your day. Just try to give back every time we give out. We're blessed to have all kinds of different places and spaces that where we can go and play in nature. And so we feel like the best thing we can do is take care of it. So Shane and Lexi from Fish for Garbage, what's coming up this summer? And uh, are you still going to be doing this kind of drive-through? Or as we hopefully are seeing COVID recede in the rearview mirror, are you going to be doing more group gatherings in person? Yeah, so our next cleanup is is scheduled for July 10th. We're going to be cleaning up the Ogden River. Uh, We're still locking down details there, but we encourage you to go to our website and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, Follow us on social media at fishforgarbage.com. Uh, at Fish for Garbage and our website, uh, fishforgarbage.org for for additional information and to sign up for our newsletter. 
Um, and then we're also going to be cleaning up the, the Green River in August and then the Weber River in September. So you can get out and about, have a good time, folks, but also clean up these waterways. Yep. Shane and Lexi Kaili, thank you so much for giving us some time. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. And now a sneak peek of living traditions, which is a little different this year. It's usually a couple of days over one weekend, but uh, COVID protocols canceled it last year, I believe. And here to join us and tell us more about what's happening this weekend and every weekend through June, we have Kelly Call, Performing Art Manager for Salt Lake Arts Council and Living Traditions is tomorrow, Kelly Call. Yes, it is. Hi, Lara. Thanks for having me today. And we are so excited to bring this uh, event back to the city as events are popping up uh, now as we are hearing with COVID kind of rules and restrictions being relaxed, but we are bringing it back healthy and safe and just enjoying the idea that we can uh, celebrate with our community. So it's more of a pop-up this year. Last year, no living traditions because of COVID, right? Maybe maybe do a few things online and you've launched the Living Legacies, which we shared some earlier this week. But what's happening tomorrow? When and how do I participate? (laughs) So tomorrow we're going to be activating our space uh, down at City County Building, Washington Square from 12 to 6 p.m. We uh, will be um, featuring, you know, a lot of the things we've been having a normal living traditions year, the performers uh, throughout the day on one stage. We've got craft uh, artisans and demonstrators. We've got community partners, um, one of them being the International Rescue Committee, who is providing uh, an array of uh, food trucks from their Spice Kitchen program and food vending um, uh, opportunities from their program with with, uh, their groups there. And we've got some other amazing community partners with Nomi Health actually distributing the vaccine on site uh, tomorrow, if whoever was not this so people can come down and it's just the uh the johnson and johnson and get a vaccine if they have not been vaccinated so we are really excited to partner with them for this um that this year with what's been going on in our community so really exciting 12 to 6 tomorrow what do folks need to know covid wise covid wise we you know we are obviously making sure that our staff volunteers those that are working the festival and unpatriot our participants are going to be wearing masks no performers not when they're performing but people will be wearing masks on site but we do, are not requiring but encouraging uh, masks if they can and again you know keeping that social distance but we're going to make the event set up distance wise so people can feel like they can just come in and enjoy so we're really excited about you know trying to this new experiment of events in covid and we really think it's going to be a, a beautiful day to, to get back together to celebrate. So future weeks through June, it's going yeah. to pop, pop up in different places. Can you yeah, briefly give like, us the schedule? Yeah, traveling caravan. We're kind of moving from uh, Liberty. Or sorry, we're going to Liberty Park on the 22nd next weekend at Chase Home Museum from 12 to 6. The next day, we're going to be at the Gateway from 12 to 6. Uh, and the following Saturday over at the International Peace Gardens in Jordan Park from 12 to 6 on May 29th. The little lull, June kind of week, we are also offering some virtual offerings for people as well, workshops. I mean, there's we're live streaming so people don't feel like they can come down, they can see this online. And then in June, we're going to be popping up a lot of our performers with the Open Streets collaboration and Downtown Alliance and the Blocks, as well as um, culminating at the end of June with a a larger footprint back at uh, Washington Square on June 26th, the Taste of Living Traditions. And it's almost like a flashback to like 2013, 2012, when Living Traditions was on city county property. So we're gonna be taking over that that area of city county with 16 to 18 food vending 
options uh, similar to past living tradition years um, and to stages, uh, just a bigger event that, that weekend. So we're really excited to be able to come back in these ways. So again, the first pop-up for Living Traditions 2021 is tomorrow from noon to six. And like you said, your partners with Nomi Health will be offering, is it a walk-up basis to get yep, the Johnson & Johnson? Absolutely. Right. What is the website where people can get more details and plan their Living Traditions? livingtraditionsfestival.com. You can also visit us at saltlakearts.org. Um, and all the information is available uh, there and people can just check out everything we're going to be offering. I mean, so much fun activation things happening on site that we're just excited about. So. Kelly, thank you so much. It sounds exciting. And I yeah. feel like, uh, you know, the, with the, <laughs> the, the sun coming well, on. And KRCL is a great supporter of this event. It always has been. You guys have always come down to help us with, uh, you know, I'm seeing and we just really appreciate the support from KRCL. So thank you. You're welcome. Skywatcher Leo T coming up after another song from our featured artist tonight, Marcus Conkar, Aldi. So this one is called uh, 2002 Winter Olympics, and we all dealt with that. And uh, what was your what's your take on it, Marcus? I uh, I was a super little kid. Uh, I would have been six years old. And so the latter half of the song is mostly just about that. But when I was writing that song, I was just reading about Olympic stuff. And I feel like the United States has such a cocky like machismo energy when it comes to the Olympics. <laughs> and so the first half, I just kind of wanted to capture that, the fragility of that, and then kind of just do my own personal view on it, which was remembering nonsensical, unimportant details of the Olympics that you kind of cling on to instead of the kind of important, bigger aspects of it. The other thing I remember from the 2002 Winter Olympics was the Bud World Riot. So... <laughs> Let's just play this song. 2002 Winter Olympics, Marcus Conkar, right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
Support for KRCL comes from Go Biochar Soil Builder, a climate-beneficial soil additive that can reduce water consumption for lawns and gardens. Orders and information at gobiochar.com. There's a star waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us. It's many cultures, one sky. Skywatcher Leo T here. Look up to the sky in early twilight, spot the beautiful crescent moon in the west-northwest. To the left and up a bit is shrinking orange Mars. About the same distance lower right of the moon is Mercury, and farther to the moon's left is Betelgeuse, the last bright star of Orion to depart as spring advances. And let's take the Skywatcher spaceship way out to rendezvous with JPL and NASA spacecraft called OSIRIS-REx. Remember us talking about that? Osiris Rex, a great name for a spaceship and a dinosaur, probably. Osiris Rex launched in 2016 and has been on a long journey that took it out to a briquette-looking space rock called Bennu. Osiris orbited and then landed and scooped up samples of the asteroid and continued to orbit and study from above. Utah State University Space Dynamics Lab designed the focal point arrays, including three cameras and detectors. These helped the craft to navigate, view in high resolution, and map Bennu. Congratulations! And now OSIRIS-REx has fired its thrusters and is heading back to Earth. It's a long journey home. It'll cover about 1.4 billion miles. OSIRIS-REx must circle the sun twice to get from Bennu to Earth. Wow! When it arrives in 2023, our cosmic traveler will drop off the samples, ironically, in the Utah desert of all places, and then probably head out for another near-Earth asteroid expedition. Check out the Skywatcher Leo T Facebook page for a picture of Bennu and all sources for this segment. It's many cultures, one sky. The Hadza people of Eastern Africa and Tanzania have lived in Tanzania longer than any group has lived anywhere. They were here when the Egyptians built the pyramids. They had already been on the same stretch of land for 50,000 years, living off the land. To the Hadza, fire forged their predecessors into the people they are now using fire for, of course, warmth, roasting roots and tubers, and roasting meat from their hunts. In celebration, the Hadza teach the children in the evening sounds to be aware of, animal sounds. The fire inspires singing and dancing around the fire. When they look to the night sky, of course they see mysterious and mythical figures. You have to wonder what the night sky looked like to them thousands of years ago. Swirly Corona Borealis, the Orion Nebula, they're still here for us to travel back in time and join the Hadza, the Incas, and the Fremont in wonder and unity. Novas, comets, and shooting stars that lit up their world still light up ours. For the Hadza, mythological figures are believed to take part in arranging the world. Yushoko is a solar figure. 
Hain is a lunar figure. May the Hadza continue to thrive in eastern Africa near the Rift Valley and Serengeti Plateau. Stay tuned for more on the Hadza's star miss, and next week we'll take a look at UFOs. So look up, look around, get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T on Radioactive with Laura Jones and Al Dine, the punk rock farmer on KRCL. Leo T. Check tonight's show notes for a link to his Facebook page. And I can't wait for UFOs next week. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. I'm Laura Jones. Coming up at seven o'clock, Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. Not a sideshow with Circus Brown at eight. Friday Night Fallout with Keith and Nate at 1030. Friday Night Fallout is the oldest running hip hop show in Utah. And then you can get Ken's Liquid Rhythms at 1 a.m. All of our programming in the radioactive archives with the Bunk Rock Farmer included may be found online at krcl.org. All right, Al. So, you know, I had someone ask me, what's the agrihood? You guys are always talking about the agrihood. It's where agriculture meets your neighborhood. It's where the punk rock farmer lives, right? It's the urban setting of all the, you know, the growers and all the folks that are producing great food and cool stuff here in our neighborhood. I think the Ogden Farmer's Market opens at the end of May and June 5th is opening day of the uh, downtown Salt Lake City Farmer's Market. Liberty Park is coming up too. Pioneer Park and Liberty Park. And I think our guests are at a couple of these. So I'm excited for your Urban Farm Report. Yes, it's great to see you guys. Um, Thanks for coming. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Al and Lara. So we need to say Nat and Nico Dico. From Lincoln Street Farm. Okay. Nat and Nico Dico from Lincoln Street Farm. Thanks for coming and being with us, you guys. We're happy to be here. And so you guys have had the farm for a little while now. I see you've been developing and you're always doing little things and there's always a new project. You guys are really into it. You guys are, what what's going on? Um, I know you're going to be at the at the downtown farmers market. You guys were there last year, and Liberty Park. I saw you there a few times too. What's the schedule for markets this year? Yeah, so we were going full speed last summer in our first, and we were hitting up Provo. Then we were at Bountiful. Then we were at Park City. <laughs> that was your first season. Exactly. Oh we my were gosh. Over hustling, and now we're like we're just sticking with Pioneer Park. And we're really stoked because we just barely did the orientation for that. So all the uh, both the farmers and crafters, crafters are going to be back. We just did our orientation. So we know um, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more normal this year. Um, there's going to be prepared food again. And um, we're just so excited to bring some Lincoln Street Farm energy to the downtown <laughs> market and see our peeps again. It's going to be awesome. And and tell folks what they can expect at your booth because you guys are crafty, but you guys do some plant stuff too. Yeah. So you're mixing it together a little bit. Cottage core is what I think you tag it on Facebook with. Cottage core is happening at Lincoln Street Farm. We also are a licensed plant nursery and we have a candle making studio and we also make artisan soap, which is a whole mouthful. But when you see it at the farmer's market booth, it's resplendent. Yes, it is. I remember picking up some uh, lavender soap with the goddess on it and I just stick it in my closet to make it smell good. There you go. It's it's very empowering. It's very cleansing. All those things on the goddess soap. And so um, 
One of my favorites is the sandalwood, and I know that's a favorite, but you guys have all kinds of crazy flavors like gummy bear. What? <laughs> tell, tell, tell some of the more, because uh, it's really creative, you guys, and it's just like not what people expect, I think, and it's really, really cool. So a little bit of the quirky stuff that goes along with the candles. So we make pillar candle style candles in all shapes and sizes. We have some really fun robot ones, beehive candles, and then the classic pillar style. But what makes them really unique are their vibrant colors and amazing fragrances that we source. Um, like you just said, we just made gummy bear last week. Our pride candles are incredibly lovely with kind of a vanilla banana grapefruit. Yeah, at the beginning, we're like, you know, um, we're a farm. We should do, you know just like you know harvard harvest peach or like <laughs> basil were, things like that yeah. but now we're like bring on the gummy bear you know <laughs> and various baked goods um our, our cinnamon roll or cinnabon you know all the fun stuff and then my favorite one we've made recently is the grapefruit and sea salt which it has a little bit of that um you know beautiful briny smell mixed with citrus it's really lovely so, and but yeah and go ahead no 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 go ahead <laughs> okay, I was going to say, and if you're looking for quirky, our um, robot candles are super fun. It's like sort of this like ode to like the collapse of society if it, <laughs> or something. It's very, like the, the singularity is like melting. The yes, singularity yes, is real. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's another fun one that we do. Uh, you were recently featured on Fox 13, I see. So you're starting to really get some traction after this is going to be your second season. And I just kind of was hoping you could share a bit with our listeners about making this. I, I don't know if you have outside jobs, but it seems like this is now your your focus, your life's work, so to speak, and your mom's and all of that. So um, how all-encompassing is this for you? This is our dream. And building this business has been one of the greatest joys of our lives over the past year since COVID hit. So we talked to you folks last year, and we're so happy to come back this year. It's become one of those labors of love. And we just infuse as much creativity and um, our full hearts into it. And I think people are really responding to that. And it's gaining a little bit of traction as we spread the word about gardening and crafting and yeah. all that. And, and we used to have what we call like lady jobs where we would like <laughs> iron our clothes and like go and get our, you know, employee badge and things. Um, but but anyway, then we became entrepreneurs. And, and, and it's difficult too. And it's difficult in a different way, but it's just like, it was a long time coming and we decided to just like make the leap to and, do it full time. And we are doing it full time. And then we're also, as we said, uh, as you said, moms to a darling two-year-old toddler um, who is just the light of our lives. So balancing all that is is a little wacky sometimes, but it's super empowering and joyful. So thank you. And and uh, give folks an idea of, of where you're at and what your farm, um, how big, what it looks like. Because you guys have little cool buildings yeah. and stuff and... Yes, outbuildings, we call them on yes, farm. Yes, yes, I, I was going to say that. <laughs> a little farm jargon. But yeah, our house was actually built in 1896, the year Utah became a state. And it's all on 0.2 acres. We say our farms, 0.2 acres, but that includes like everything from our <laughs> driveway to, <laughs> to our, our house, to our yeah. kitchen. We also have an antique restored vintage greenhouse that we relocated from historic Sandy last year and rebuilt panel by panel. It's made out of chicken wire safety glass, which is very unique. It had its peak in 1903. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah. So, and then we also renovated an old um, shed to make a candle studio where we produce all of our candles um, and some of our soaps. But we were very inspired by Al's uh, garlic, actually. And that's why we suddenly have this amazing, like, garlic field out there. Oh, yeah? About. yeah? Yeah, I saw you posting about it last fall and I was like, it's not too late. No. <laughs> it's really cool because you do it. It's it's one of those in-between things and it kind of links everything together and it's in, in November and you're planting and then you're harvesting it and soon in the next month we'll be harvesting and it's so great to see like plants we're gonna almost ready to harvest already you know people grow a summer garden but the mm. growing all year round has some real a joys and really Absolutely. good stuff one of the and things that it. we've talked about is planning for a purpose like planting for what's on your table and you you as a as a small business as well i mean you've got the candles so you're planting stuff that you want to bring into your candle line and the different um things that you make from the stuff so what do you got planted that's coming on we have some beautiful bachelor buttons that uh, we planted last fall and they took root and then they kind of slept over the winter. And now they're just, they're about three feet tall, starting to bloom with vigorous blooms that we're going to be using in our edible flowers lollipops that we sell at the farmer's market. <laughs> that so is so cool. <laughs> yeah, we had a sign that was like at the farmer's market. that's like, you're not fully farmer's marketing without an edible flowers lollipop. And people are like, it's true. <laughs> very persuasive. And, they're very delicious. And they go, you know, spreading off licking their their pop and yeah we also grow violas and cornflowers for the lollipops as well in our garden that's a fun thing we do so all edible those are all ones you can eat folks and and that's yeah. a great thing i know i eat borage flowers you can eat um arugula flowers are really good um there's so many there's there's garlic scapes tons calendula is another one Garlic scapes are really great They're to coming make on, pesto right? out of. Oh, you yes. love the pesto, yeah. <laughs> That's coming ah, up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I also understand that you have got something coming up on the 22nd we want to let people know about. Yes, you guys are having a your own little start sale. You're selling plants. I'm excited. Yeah, so we have been doing plant sales. Last year, we did a couple pop-ups. We did a pop-up here a couple weeks ago. We called it our Seedling Spectacular. We wanted to basically provide on May 22nd from 6 to 9 p.m. an evening seedling selection experience under the golden hour at the farm when it's that beautiful golden oh, yeah. night. And who better to play us into that than Michelle Moonshine? She's oh. going to be there. So we're calling it our seedling soiree. And you're invited. I, I love it. I love it. I'll be there. So what kind of seedlings are going to be on tap so folks can maybe plan? Yeah. So we have a bunch of uh, all kinds of tomatoes. We're talking blue tomatoes. We're talking yellow, yellow, <laughs> Roma, beefsteak, Berkeley tie-dye, over 40 varieties of tomatoes and mm. heirloom cucumbers, melons, herbs. Lots of different stuff. Quite a um, quite a task to start that many, I know, because I started 11, 12 varieties. I have about 70 plants. Where are they going, Al? Mine are small. <laughs> They're, I just started them a couple weeks ago. I, I waited because I, I know I can't cover. I don't cover, so I wait a little bit longer. And then I have to wait a little longer, but they still come. They still grow. But what a great joy to grow from seed and, and watch these little, you know, I love the embryonic journey. That's my thing. That is my one of my favorite things about gardening. And I, I'm really stoked that you guys are into that, too. 
Oh my gosh. Favorite part too. Yeah. And Al, I have to tell you a little secret. My wife, Nat has a superpower. She can germinate lavender from seed, what? which is amazing. Ooh. So that's her special Thanks. superpower. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> it just squirted a lot. Keep it under a, you know, a little dome with a heat mat, but don't tell all your secrets, but we will have some lavender for sale mm. at the seedling. I'm going to have to get some secrets because I need some <laughs> lavender. I know the kind that grows well is ARP. Is that, is isn't that the right? It's a, there's a name a name for it. There's and also a Moscow or a Munstead, the mounding one that does really well here in Utah too. That am I, I have talking? A of. Uh, I might be talking rosemary. I, that's another one that's kind of a tough one to get started in. But once you get it yep. established, mm. then then it comes back every year. Over I winter, got, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. We're talking with Nat and Nico Dico from Lincoln Street Farm, and you can follow them on Facebook, which is one of the things I love to do because you post such beautiful pictures of the flowers, the peony buds and bachelor buttons that you're talking about, sweet pea and anemone and rosebuds. It's just beautiful. So when you hit Pioneer Park on June 5th, are you going to have some uh, flower bouquets as well? I'm just hinting here heavily. We're kind of um, scaling back the flower production piece this year at the market just because we want to really focus on having some robust seedlings. But the flowers are kind of my personal passion project. So you'll still be seeing plenty of flowers on our feed. And we did a whole front yard full of um, over 800 tulip bulbs this year, kind of an art installation I did. So it's kind of one of those things where it will be evolving and you just never, you never know what to expect from us at Lincoln Street Farm. <laughs> you yeah. really don't. Yeah. And so one another thing that's coming out is there's a coloring book coming out. What? <laughs> I miss this. What's going on, you guys? So yeah, anytime you get anything from us, you get sent off with the Lincoln Street Farm Coloring Book, um, which is it's free. We collaborated with local artists last year to make a really fun journey on the farm um, in coloring book form. Sarah, and Sarah Lowe and Fiona Barney were some of those artists. Yeah, and basically this year in June, we're going to release our next edition. It has, it's replete with Mad Libs, a maze, get yes. Nico and Nat to the farmer's market on time, um, <laughs> some really fun art. Anyway, it'll be great. Released right. in yeah, June. We're really stoked. A Gardener's Corner, Al, which mm -hmm. I hope you'll enjoy. Mm -hmm. A little reading, a little... Uh, I, I sort of explain the gardening zones in a in a simple way. Cool. So um, that's part of that. <laughs> a little education. A little education piece. <laughs> well, is releasing in June, is that tied in with Pride Celebrations then? It's always tied in with Pride Celebrations for us here at the farm. <laughs> we, are, we are out and proud and we are, you know, always selling our rainbow candles, but then also just to have a fun little diversion in June with the start of the farmer's market yeah. and Pride, we thought we'd kick it off with a coloring book, second edition. So what are some of your basic tips? You obviously, um, going into your second season, have enjoyed some great success. Not every farmer every year has great success. So what are some of your tips to either do or not do? Um, nah. try a lot of different things. Like we did microgreens for a while and, you know, we did all kinds of different things and, and just sort of weed out things that you don't like doing or aren't profitable, but there's really not a very high barrier to start your own farm because there's so many places where you can sell things. And also we had always joked when we, when we got married about 10 years ago that, oh, it's the dream to grow zinnias and sell them on the, the side of the road, just have a little farm stand. And really that applies to anything that you sell as a farmer. At a market, there's customers there. And it's kind of one of those things where if you're in love with it and you're passionate about it, people will automatically feel that when they, you know, buy your product or connect with it. So Very cool. You guys have me sitting on the end of my chair. I'm excited. And, and, <laughs> you know, 
we're, maybe we're nerdy. Maybe we're a little geeky about plants and cool. <laughs> we're totally nerdy and geeky. <laughs> but, but oh well. We're in. We're in. I mean, what? It could be worse. You oh could pick God. something else. You know, to, I, and I think that is really important after the year that we've all had uh, to feel hopeful about something and growing something. You can't be more hopeful than that. And and yeah, and, and go yeah. ahead. And nurturing something and really tending to something and watching it grow, you grow at the same time. And that's our biggest tip is just, you know, plenty of water, good sun, good soil. It's the basics. But if we stick to the basics, you know, yeah. we can't go well, wrong. And gar- gardening gives you something to like get out of bed for because, oh, I wonder if that, you know, zucchini germinated, yeah. you know, <laughs> changed it all type thing. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's really a positive thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um... The experiment is really great for me too. Like you said, try a lot of different things, um, and then you and then you know if you don't if you don't you'll never know. That's uh, the punk rock it, farmer aspect, and that's of the it. punk rock farmer way. It's like plant some seeds in a cold frame in January. See what the heck happens. You know, I mean, in 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 a month they might be coming up. They you mm. might have arugula coming, or you mm. know, you know, you have to know what to kind of. Some cold weather stuff, obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, try it. Yeah. James Loomis, Wasatch yeah. Community Gardens, the Green Phoenix Farm, he said in the article he wrote for Slug, just says the thing you're going to get the most out of gardening is that you're going to be happier because you're talking to your plants, your hands are in the dirt, and something's growing. And also gardening builds community because you're swapping seeds with your neighbor, you're sharing tips with a, you know, person who's buying your product, you're, you know, thinking about new creative ways to get produce out and talk to people. And I just think our, our local micro community, the agrihood as Al calls it is so vibrant and strong. And we're so grateful to be a part of that. It is, it's beautiful. There, and there's no more satisfying bite than your own yellow crooknuck neck squash <laughs> zoodles. You're right. You're right. <laughs> or your like salsa that you made with like uh-huh. your, your own. Yeah. Tomatoes. So yeah. yeah, we're trying to just we're, share that love. Yeah, get on the train. Anyone who's skeptical, you come won't to the soiree. Come to the soiree. You can do it. There's <laughs> way too much. Every time I drive down the street, I'm like, ah, oh, that swath of grass or that, you know. <laughs> Kill or, your lawn. Yeah. So <laughs> well, starting June 5th at Pioneer Park with a downtown Salt Lake City farmers market, people can stop by your booth. Do you know where you're gonna be yet? So they can come pick your brains as well as pick up some stuff? We'll be in a similar area as last year, which is kind of the northwest corner. Um, and we're just so excited to see everyone come out and, you know, share what we've been up to this winter and spring. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be great to see everyone. It's been a little bit of a break now since the winter farmer's market ended. I was wondering what I was going to do. And uh, <laughs> Did you feel a little lost in I, this little I, break? <laughs> so now I go to my little Mediterranean market. I go to the Mexican market and I go to the Russian deli by my house (laughs) and so i've kind of you know i try to make the rounds i make the rounds a little bit but i'm excited for the market to start up again well nat and nico dico from lincoln street farm where can people find you in the virtual world and get more details on your seedling soiree coming up so we have information at our website lincolnstreetfarm.com our online shop is there and our blog and all kinds of fun info there for you. We're on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. Just look us up Lincoln Street Farm. So Very yeah. good. Thanks so much for you guys and I'll see you at the soiree. I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> it'll be great to, to see you. you. Yeah. So That'll good to fun. see. Go so good to see you Nat and Nico. We'll Give your thoughts on our uh, garlic's process uh, progress. We'd love any last minute pointers. <laughs> I'm, I want to come and check out the farm for sure. 
Cool. Okay. Can't wait to have you. So, Al, it turns out we have just a few minutes to squeeze in some planting tips. So uh, we'll save Katie Wagner for next week. But right now, here's what Joseph Lofthouse, our seed saver friend from Paradise, Utah, had to say to us for our Slug Mag article about, you know, seeds and what they want to do. So one thing to know about seeds is that seeds love to grow. And for the most part, if we put them in the ground and give them some water, they're going to grow. And we just have to stay out of the way. Um, I see a lot of people fussing with this and that and the other. When the seeds, they just want to thrive and to grow and they don't really care about any particular technique that we use. As long as we keep the, the seeds, if we plant them in our lawn, they're going to fail, of course, because they don't like the competition from the weeds. But as long as we can keep the weeds down and give them water enough for them to sprout, then they're going to grow for us and do great. Oftentimes, seeds that are planted directly into the ground are the strongest because they don't have um, the problems with the roots getting all messed up because of the of the transplanting. Um, there are some crops like the do better is transplants and and we got wonderful nurseries that take care of those for us but for the most part seeds just like going directly in the ground without too much weed competition and give them some water because we live in the desert so we need to weed the patch perhaps um yes uh one one thing i like to do is weed the patch immediately before planting and and that way, there's not already existing weeds competing with the new seeds that are coming up. There are a few kinds of seeds that will sprout a lot quicker if we pre-soak them, like um, carrots are that way. If you pre-soak carrots for a day or so before you, before you plant them, then they come up quicker. And, and the same thing with some big seeds like beans that if you just soak them overnight then they'll they'll sprout quicker and in our in our short seasons that we have up here in the mountains those extra couple days can make a big difference on on harvest so when you say pre-soak explain that to the the lay person do i just get like a a bowl put an inch of water throw some seeds in there and then do I need to dry them before I stick them in the ground? You know, I've not done that before. So if I've not done that before, what does it look like? So just just take the seeds and and put them in a container of water overnight, just a little bit of water, because we don't want to drown them. And we don't want to leave them in for days because that that drowns them and they rot. But just enough so that they, like overnight or for a few hours in the morning, before we plant them and then just plant them wet and that can help help them to germinate quicker and more reliably just just cover them with the water just barely okay you know, just enough that they they get moist and absorb the water 
That's Joseph Lofthouse. Check the show notes for a link to our Slug Mag article. And that's our show. But before we close, Aldine, and thank you again for a great show, Al, we have a new song from our featured artist tonight, Marcus Konkar, who is going to be part of the uh, Salt Lily Magazine Presents Spring Digifest this Sunday at 2 p.m. online. We'll put a link in the show notes for folks to check it out. So, Marcus, we've heard two cuts off of your Utah album from 2019, which, folks, you can download this. You can stream it and download it from hum at slcpl.org. But you're going in a new direction, I understand. Yeah. So this song I wanted to share because it's kind of uh, what I would consider the bridge between the two, because this song is very uh, bulky, kind of like my last project. And I wanted to use that as a bridge into what I'm working on. And the whole point of this album is uh, kind of just dealing with things that I have a hard time talking about that are very like nasty and uncomfortable to say. And so that's kind of the theme of it. And I think this is a good uh, soft intro into that without being too aggressive. Yeah, this last year has been all of that that you've just talked about. So I'm curious what uh, you're eager to do as COVID starts to recede, at least here in our community. You can be playing uh, out. You, you can be playing out. You can. Uh, when's this album coming out? By the way, I uh, I'm hoping for summer. So I I just need a few things to plan. I uh, I normally since I self release stuff, I normally give it the most uh, uh, underhand pitch effort that I could do. Um, but I really want to hopefully have it come out sometime July, and you know try to play out some then if it makes sense. Very cool. Uh, where where can folks catch up with you? Find your music and stuff. So I, uh, I used to go, I'm going to start using this name again for this new thing, use both of my musical names. But uh, I, if you just look up Marcus Conkar on Bandcamp, I'll show up. I also have uh, an alter ego that's uh, R period C-A-N-D-A-L-L space Lark, Arcandle Lark. That was my old name. And it kind of represents a different musical thing to me, but I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> but uh, find that on Bandcamp or uh, Facebook is I, I don't post on Facebook much, but there's a page there. All right, we'll put the links in the show notes. Very cool. Um, Pretty Things Seldom Do, the record. Uh, Fate, this is the song. Marcus Conkar, KRCL 90.9 FM. Fresh and homegrown. Ever since I was born The coffee grounds Shot of my straw. 
Only so much we can see. 